Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to our Quranic reflections. So let us start with the verse for today. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Fantalaqa hatta idha laqiya ghulaman faqatalah. قال أقتلت نفسا زكية بغير نفس لقد جئت شيئا نكرا Thereafter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وأما الغلام فكان أبواه مؤمنين فخشينا أن يرهقهما تغيانا وكفرا فأردنا أن يبدلهما ربهما خيرا منه زكاة وأقرب رحما. So these are two parts of uh, two verses from the same surah, and it's from Surah Al-Kahf, as many of you may have guessed, which is chapter 18, verses 74, and then 80 to 81, because there are some intervening uh, discussions in between. So I wanted to focus on these two verses first. Essentially, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is relating here is the story and the encounter between Musa alayhi salam, Moses, and Khidr, or Khadir, radiallahu uh, anhu. So what's happening here is they have both teamed up because Musa alayhi salam has been told that if somebody who knows you know, some knowledge that you do not possess, so he finds Khidr alayhi salam, and now he accompanies, they're going together, and then suddenly there's one incident that takes place, but here we want to discuss the second incident. The second incident is that they proceeded until they met a young man, a little young guy, right, maybe a youth, and Khidr went and slew him, he went and killed him. And Musa salam becomes very upset, he says, have you slain an innocent man who has slain no one? An innocent person, he's not killed anybody, it might be justified to kill somebody if they kill somebody, but an eye for an eye. But here, he's not killed anybody. Truly, you have done a very foul thing. That's what he said. Now, then after that, they carry on and there's another incident that takes place, which we'll discuss later. But in this particular case, uh, when eventually Khidr explains his reasoning, right, for what, uh, for what reason he did what he did, this is what he says. He then clarifies, he said, as for the youth, his parents were believers. And we feared that this young kid would grieve them by his obstinate rebellion and ingratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we desired that their Lord would give them in exchange a son better in purity of, purity of conduct and closer in affection. That we would replace the son for them. right? And take this one away and give them another son. Now, it doesn't mention how exactly he killed him or how he died. That's not mentioned. However, the explanation is that the reason is that this kid was going to cause them problems, right? Because of their intense love for him and he was going to cause issues. There's a lot of other linked details here, which we're not going to go into uh, about uh, destiny and um, uh, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then create him that way and all the rest of it. If you want, you can check our lecture out, which is called Don't Be Depressed. You don't know your future. Uh, it's on zamzamacademy.com. You can uh, listen to that one for a good, inshallah, a thorough understanding of the predestination and decree issue, inshallah. However, in this particular case, let us look at this for a moment. What's going on in here? right? So 
One of the most important covenants that we have ever signed for, for a human being, should be their faith. Because that is something, that is a covenant for the hereafter. Any other covenant or agreement or promise that you make is generally for the world. And that will end with the world. However, any covenant that you make of faith, then that's about the hereafter. Because a faith is supposed to span what happens after death. I mean, any good faith should do that. Now, in Islam, that is obviously what the case is for us. Now, in life, what is more valuable than faith? Right? In life, what is more valuable in faith? You could have so many other things, but if you don't have faith, then you've lost your hereafter. However, if you have not much in this world, but you have strong faith, then okay, there may be misery and difficulty and hardship for so many years or decades or whatever it may be. But eventually, there's going to be ultimate bliss in the hereafter because of your faith, inshallah. So that means... If we then look at another blessing in this world, another blessing in this world that everybody, you know, that most people look for are children, mashallah, are children. And what could be more precious than a child with faith? So if you have a child and you have a child with faith, that would be probably the most precious thing. Subhanallah. This, what comes from this Quranic passage that we, we look, uh, that we're looking at, and the truth that comes out of here is... You know, a lot of people read this passage, they read it for the story. Oh, what an interesting story. Like, wow, what an interesting story. However, our job is actually to look at it and ponder over it to see how it fits our life and how it provides a guidance for us because the Quran is a book of guidance for all of us individually. So this story of uh, Musa salam and Khidr salam is pretty much towards the end of Surah Al-Kahf. Right? It's towards the latter end. There's a few other... Um, uh, stories mentioned after that but it is towards the end and now you've got this incident where there's this youth guy uh, there's this youth and in the presence of this distinguished messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Musa alayhi salam Khidr just goes and does what he does and he kills this child and when asked then he explains the reason that he killed him is in consideration for faith the reason he killed him is because this child was going to have an adverse effect on the parents. And the parents were righteous people. So now look at this. Because they were righteous, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting them. Because they were righteous, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protect protecting them from their own children. I know that's a really, really complex idea here. Okay, but let's just take it the way it is, you know, as it's mentioned in the Quran and we take it. As the reality, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has intended. Why he's intended that, I'm not gonna, I can't explain that right now. But the main point is that because of that child of theirs being a threat to their faith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has that child done away with and gives them many, many more children. And then their, their faith is secure, their, chi their children are secure with faith as well. And that is what uh, Khidr explains afterwards. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can easily give them another child, but if it messes up, if keeping this child messes up their faith, then there's nothing to replace that, then they've lost this world and the hereafter. Yes, there's going to be a, be a bit of a hardship and a feel of grief and sorrow when people feel when they lose children, right? No doubt about that. But that's going to be supplanted by many other children. But if you lose faith, then there's nothing to grieve about afterwards because you'll have nothing, right? You have nothing of the hereafter. So it, that was the comparison there, right? Now, before, uh, the, I mean, the main point here is that faith is very, very important. And I think that one of the big points here is that if you have to make sacrifices for your faith, just like this child was killed, right, then you should do so. 
Now, before you jump to any conclusions that we're saying that you need to kill your children or kill anybody else who creates a problem for you in your faith, right? That's a no-no. I mean, that's very, very clear and very, very clear that even the biggest Muslim community, even the greatest Muslim imam, even whoever it may be, right? The biggest scholars, a group of scholars, a panel of scholars cannot kill a child just because they're a bit disobedient. There are cases in an Islamic, in Islamic law and in a, in a Darul Islam, right? Where, you know, there is an eye for an eye and a life for a life. But this is not one of them where just somebody is disobedient or somebody is a bit mischievous or somebody doesn't have faith properly. You can't kill non-Muslims either. I mean, that's very, very, very clear. So that's not the point here. This is not some uh, law that that's how you need to do it, right? However, what is understood from here is that we need to make sacrifices. If you have bad friends that are causing you disturbance in your faith, then you need to lose those friends and have better friends. It's not that you don't have to be with friends, you just have to be better with better friends. Especially if you're a person that is easily influenced. Especially if you're easily influenced. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has this whole scenario played out, right? Quite a gruesome scenario to be honest, right? Just to underline this point that faith is very, 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 very important. And has this then story related, reported in Surah Al-Kahf, right? For, for every, and then we're reminded of this story every Friday because... We're supposed to read, encouraged to read Surah uh, Al-Kahf every Friday, right? Because it's supposed to then protect us from fitna like the Dajjal. And I guess this story makes that very, very clear because it's telling us that faith is very, very important. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, uh, you know, even had a child killed because, because of this reason. Uh, importance of faith is the, is, the, is, the, is the main point here, right? Now, the Sharia is obviously forbidden killing anybody without just cause. And this is just uh, something unique to Khidr because he was, in all three of those, he did show these uh, really, really exceptional things that which are not for others to do. Thereafter that, let us look at another thing about this, is that the next part of the story is that Hatta uh, Ida Ataya, they came to a people and they, um, they asked for food. They asked for hospitality because they were tired from their trip. And they refused any kind of hospitality. Basically, the people of that area, maybe it was Antioch, according to many tafsirs, it was Antioch, right? They came and they asked for food. They asked uh, because there were no hotels in those days. And the idea in those days was that, you know, you went and, you know, people fed, uh, fed uh, visitors and guests. But unfortunately, these people didn't feed them. They refused to feed them. So now what happens is, um, what happens is that they get to a jidar. Uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the, So what happens is that suddenly they find this wall, and you know the story, and it was about to topple, right? So it's, it needed fixing. He needed renovating, otherwise it was going to topple. And there Khidr gets up and starts to sort it out. Right? He starts to fix it. It gets down and physical. And this hard task of straightening a wall out, renovating a wall, that's building work. That's not easy to do. All right? So he starts to do that. And Musa is just totally astonished. He's taken aback. He says, I mean, you kill that guy. Um, you also uh, dis- uh, damage the boat. Uh, of the people that took us for free 
And now here, these people refuse to feed us and give us any provisions. And you're fixing a wall of theirs. Like, what is this? What kind of an understanding is this? This is just too confusing and complicated for us to understand. So again there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains in Surah Al-Kahf verse 82 here, right? As for the wall, it belonged to the two youths. And this is what Musa was told afterwards. It belongs to two youths, two orphans basically. Their parents have died, right? Orphans in the town. Beneath it was buried treasure to which these two youths were entitled. Their father, now look at this. This is the main point. This is what links this point with the previous incident as well. Their father was a pious man. Their father was a pious man. So your Lord desired that these two youths should attain the age of their full strength and get out and then be able to extract their treasure. A mercy and a favor from your Lord. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. What this is telling you is that if you do have faith now, it's going to protect you and not just you, but it's going to protect in your absence. It's going to protect your generations, your progeny, your children. It's going to protect them as well. That's what faith is all about. Faith is one of the most powerful assets you can have in this world. So in the previous story of the killing of the young boy, there's the story of faith uh, being so important that even a child has to die for that. And in this case, you've got a story where faith is working for you, right? Because the parents were faithful, because they had good faith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking after their children in a way that nobody would have expected that you get these strangers and one of them is a prophet, right? That comes from out of town and they are going to fix this wall even though the circumstances would have demanded that they not do so because they were not uh, treated with hospitality. Now that is the most ama amazing thing because had that wall collapsed, right? I guess I forgot to mention, had that wall collapsed, the buried treasure there meaning that which had been left for the children by their parents, right? They would have been exposed and then it would have been usurped by the people of the town because they would not have taken into consideration these two orphans. So they would have then faced poverty and suffering. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has actually promised goodness for people with faith. So that, that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done. That is the amazing idea here that for the sake of faith, all of this, all of this is happening. And that's why we need to leave our children with faith. The faith is the most important aspect here. Um, the, the, the main points of this is to basically bring a big distinction between faith and disbelief. Faith and disbelief. The first parents could have been led to disbelief. In the second case, you've got the, you've got the situation where the belief works for them. And subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows the value of faith that even the orphans are protected. This reminds me of a very, very, very heart-rending story uh, that I personally encountered. I was sitting in uh, a place in India called Saharanpur, right, which has had for over a hundred years, you know, it's had a major seminary and huge number of scholars have, uh, ha have been born there and have been trained there and mashallah have uh, been able to benefit so many people. You know, myself, alhamdulillah, I, I studied there as well. So at the time, you know, in the, uh, at the time, there was a Mufti Mudhaffar. Mufti Mudhaffar. Uh, may Allah have mercy on him. He's, he's died now. And he was such a man of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I remember sitting in one of his gatherings. And he was saying how his father, whose name was Maulana Yahya, right, Sheikh Yahya. And uh, he had nothing. Sheikh Yahya used to be a total ascetic. He never used to keep anything of the world. He used to literally go 
Uh, I mean, if I've seen any, you know, if I've heard of anybody who was like Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu an, where they would only take as much as would be sufficient, you know, to lead their life, nothing in excess, nothing extra, then that would be, you know, he would be the example for that. He would not take anything extra. He would take only as much, even for his teaching and so on, only as much as would suffice in his home. And subhanAllah, his wife would sometimes, you know, try to save or whatever. And uh, he, he used to just deal with it just the way Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu would deal with it, where he would do away with any excess. Somebody then asked him, you know, towards the end of his life, what are you going to do for your children? What are you leaving for your children? And subhanAllah, that was the answer that, you know, really, really struck my heart. And Allah give us the tawfiq to do the same thing and to have the same sentiment. He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that, Allahu yatawalla salihin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes care of, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the wali. He is the, the one who takes care of the salihin, of the righteous ones. I have tried to make my children salihin and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm leaving them to Allah to take care of. Now, what tawakkul in Allah? I mean, he's a person who the Qur'an is working for him. He's made the Qur'an work for him. He's, he's related to the Qur'an. And that's what this story underscores as well. It's the same thing. We see the Qur'an telling us about this story of these parents that because of their faith, mashallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting their progeny after them. We've seen this in numerous cases that there's some children, they mess up. And then suddenly they get back on track and they do some really good work in this world. There's, you know, a lot of youth that that happens to. They, they, they have problems for a while. And then after that, they come and they... Mashallah, accomplish much. And then, you know, you find out that it's because of some dua of some righteous person in their family, maybe their grandfather, maybe their mother, maybe their father, whoever it is. Let us not see a bad day with our children. Let not there be a bad day for us with our children or progeny until the day of judgment, such that, you know, we wake up on the day of judgment, we come about and there we see that subhanAllah, some of our progeny have left the faith. You know, the deen is in crisis and we know of so many people, you know, in different countries where they moved to different countries and they lost their faith right may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not allow that to happen for us and sometimes you could be in your own country in your own surroundings but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanallah you know there's situations that come upon you that uh, cause people to lose their faith Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve the faith of ourselves and our progeny until the day of judgment and allow us to take a benefit from these verses Jazakallah khair, please keep us in your du'as. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all and may Allah grant you the best of your wishes, all of your permissible needs. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfill them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.